0: This is a Faith FM podcast. You're listening to The Faith Experiment with Robbie Bergen, right across Australia, right here on Faith FM.
1: Hello there and thanks again for joining once again. I'm Robbie Bergen and you're listening to The Faith Experiment. And this is episode number 40 of The Faith Experiment and I'm calling this episode A Controlled Burn. Now, on this episode, once again, I have a great book to give you. It's called Your Future is Safe with God. This book helps make sense of what's happening in the world around us. You know, if we look at the world today, daily we're hearing about wars, we're seeing famines and natural disasters, and many are asking, what does it all mean? Prophecy is being fulfilled, but this little book is going to help you see that there is a divine hand on the wheel and that God is bringing his children safely through whatever we face this is a great book now to get this book you need to text the code word which i'm going to give you during the show you'll text the code word to the faith experiment number so take out a pen or your phone and save this number now the number is 04 so save that number in your phone 04 and wait for today's code word well, as you all know, I love hearing from you on The Faith Experiment. And I would love to hear from you once again today. Where are you tuning in from today and listening to The Faith Experiment? Love to hear from you. I've got a big shout-out here for a few people. Here's one from Napa, who says, It's my first time listening to The Faith Experiment, and I'm from Field in Queensland. I've, I actually know exactly where Field is, so welcome, Napa. It's great to have you on The Faith Experiment. And here's another one from my old mate, David, from Perth. Once again, he says, Hello, Robbie, it's David here from Perth. Again, good to have you, David, tuning in as usual. Another shout-out here for Maggie, who's up in Queensland, who says, once again, I hope you are doing well, Robbie. And then one here from Melissa, who's tuning in from Melbourne, and another one from James, tuning in from Newcastle, who says, love the show. And I just want to give a big shout-out to everybody who's listening on Vast which is covering the whole of the Outback of Australia. So if you're on VAST, text me in oh four triple eight four five three double one and let me know that you're tuning in and where you're tuning in from. I've, I know I've got listeners in uh, Catherine, the Northern Territory, I've had people from Alice Springs. Let me know where you're listening to The Faith Experiment from. Love to hear you. 4888 Now, if you're joining me for the first time on The Faith Experiment, this show is all about putting faith into practice. It's about experimenting with our faith. And on this show, I've shared with you my own personal journey of how I went from a non-believer to a faith experimenter. And then we looked at a series of topics of how to enhance your study of these ancient manuscripts to really get the most out of it in your faith experiment. Also, went through a whole range of Q&A topics that you have sent in these questions and comments that we've explored and dug in deeper and how to apply it in our faith experiment. Now, on that note, I've noticed a number of you are still sending in some um, questions, which is awesome. Now what I'm going to do, I'm going to keep collecting these questions and when I've got a whole bunch of them, I'm going to do another little Q&A series. So stay tuned for that. Now on today's episode, I want to continue where I left you on the last episode. The last episode was all about a running man and a chasing God. And I told you on that episode that the longing desire of God's heart is to be with his people, according to these ancient manuscripts. And if we make that personal, the longing desire of God's heart is to be with you. And I left you with that picture of God chasing after us. You see, as we sin and rebel against him, we're running from him. Remember, sin separates us from God. But even as we're running from God, we saw that picture in these ancient manuscripts that God comes up. After us, he's chasing us, not to punish and not to destroy, but to win us back to him, to help give us back the freedom of choice that we surrendered when we sinned. Remember, we become slaves to sin when we sin, and there's no coming back without God's own personal intervention. And we see that in that interaction between Adam and God after their fall, There was God saying he's going to place this enmity or hatred between the devil and humanity and that this hatred will somehow help restore our freedom to choose to come back to God. God's not forcing us. He wants us to come back, but he wants it to be our choice. Now, if you've missed any of the previous episodes and you want to catch up on some of those details, make sure you get the Faith FM app from your app store or go to faithfm.com.au and look under the podcasting section for The Faith Experiment. And you can also find The Faith Experiment on all good podcasting platforms, making it easy for you to keep up to date with The Faith Experiment. And by the way, let me know if you're tuning in on one of these platforms. I'd love to hear where you're listening from. Now, on today's episode, I want to explore this idea of trials, of challenges, of temptations, whatever you you want to call it, I want to explore these negative experiences in light of this chasing God picture that these ancient manuscripts paint for us. I mean, this is the faith experiment, and we all deal with challenges in the faith experiment. I mean, negative challenges like temptations and like trials and pain and suffering. Why are they there? How do we face them as we experiment with faith? Well, that's what I want to explore in this episode, so make sure you stick around. Well, it's time to take a short break now, but when we come back, we're going to get right into today's topic, a controlled burn. And coming up is the code word for today's great giveaway.
0: You're listening to The Faith Experiment with Robbie Bergen right across Australia, right here on Faith FM. Connect with us via text message on 04 That's 04 Or send an email to Robbie at faithfm.com.au.
2: Lord, I offer up this rebel heart. So stubborn and so restless from the start. I don't want to fight you anymore. So take this rebel heart and make it yours, Father. With your love And drowned it underneath The crimson spill So bend this metal heart Into your will I give it all Devil, to you.
0: This is the faith experiment with Robbie Bergen, Right across Australia, right here on Faith FM Listen live or listen later Get the Faith FM app from your app store today
1: Welcome back to The Faith Experiment. I'm your host, Roy Bergen, and that was Lauren Daigle with Rebel Heart. And this is episode 40 of The Faith Experiment, and I'm calling this episode a controlled burn. And coming up is the code word for today's free offer, so make sure you stick around. So on this episode, I'm exploring the idea of trials, challenges, temptations, difficulties, whatever you want to call them, I want to explore these negative experiences in light of this chasing God picture that these ancient manuscripts painted for us on the last episode. Now, I want to let you know right off the bat that these trials, these challenges, these temptations, they're actually a very important part of your faith experiment. And I want to show you how to face them. Now, I've already given you a massive clue in the title. I'm calling this episode a controlled burn. Because here in Australia, one of the greatest threats that face us each and every year is the threat of bushfire. And these bushfires can be disastrous. And over my lifetime, at least, I've seen many of these disastrous bushfires come and go. Things like Ash Wednesday was one of the big ones I remember as a kid, and then Black Saturday not too many years ago. Now, what makes fires so dangerous here in Australia is our dry winters. Thousands and thousands of hectares can go up in flames very, very quickly, and it can be almost impossible to stop because of the amount of fuel that's available for these bushfires to just run wild now because of this in australia and like many other countries the us does this as well when I lived in america they were often doing this in my area in california there is a technique that is used among the fire departments to try and reduce the risk and the severity of these bushfires and this technique is called a controlled burn or in some places back burning now this is an intentional fire that is lit by the fire brigade for the purpose of burning up the natural waste in the bush, which helps reduce the amount of fuel a fire has in the event of the all-out bushfire. Now, these controlled burns reduce the amount of flammable material in the bush only when a series of fires are made along some sort of man-made or natural firebreak. And by allowing these controlled burns under the watchful eye of the fire brigade, two things are achieved the first is that all the dangerous fuel on the forest floor or the bush floor is consumed and two when the fire season comes there is nothing for that fire to consume and so what i like about these controlled burns is they have a very specific function and they only work if they are controlled under some kind of watchful eye. Now, I'd like to suggest that in this faith experiment that we're all in, we too need the safety of control burns in our lives. We need something to consume the rubbish in our lives, the dangerous fuel which will cause catastrophic danger if it's met with some random spark in our experience. But we also need these control burns in our lives to be under the watchful eye of the master fireman. So, what am I talking about here? What are these controlled burns in our lives, in our faith experiment? Well, let's jump straight into it. I want to start by looking at the words that this Rabbi Jesus spoke. They're found in the Greek New Testament book of John. It's in John chapter 10 and verse 10. And this is what Jesus spoke. He said, I have come that they, that's us, the followers of Jesus, I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. Now, this word abundantly in the original Greek language literally means abundantly superior in two things, quantity and and in quality, and so what Jesus is saying here is is that He has come to give us a life that is superior in quantity and quality than what we have right now. Now, for that to be true, that means a change must take place in the life of the follower—that's you and me—and this basically sets us up for a challenge. What's the challenge, Robbie? I hear you say. Well, the only way you will know if Jesus is telling the truth or lying is if you test out this life that he's offering. You'll need to experiment with this life. You need to put Jesus' hypothesis to the test. Okay, so we get it that Jesus claims that he's come to give us this more abundant life, a more superior life than what we've had before we met him. But the logical question is, how? How does he do it? I mean, My life has definitely not been superior in quantity or quality, and I'm sure you can agree that your life hasn't been either. So how is Jesus going to change this life of mine? How is he going to change this life of yours from a life of sorrow, a life of pain, a life of hurt, a life of emptiness? How is he going to give us this abundant life as superior in quantity and quality? Well, this is where the Apostle Paul comes in with his letter to the Ephesians. And he explains exactly how Jesus does this. In Ephesians chapter 5, verse 25, Paul says this. He says, Husbands, love your wives. Now, before I go on, just, just think about that verse for a second. Husbands, love your wives. If every follower of Jesus obeyed this commandment, do you know how different the world would be? It would be profoundly different. The impact on men, the impact on women, the impact on society, the impact on family would be so tremendously different if men would just obey this command. Anyway, that's a topic for a different time. But actually, look, if you're interested in me exploring this role of men in in the teachings of Jesus and in the, the manuscripts that we call the Bible, if you'd like to explore that with me, let me know. Text me uh, 0488845311 and say, Robbie, talk to us about Godly men. And we'll, we'll see if we get enough interest in that and I might explore that in a bit more detail. But anyway, back to our point here. Control burn. Paul writes this. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word that he might present her to himself, a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. Now, did you get that? Did you notice what Paul just said? Paul says that Jesus gave himself for us, that he might sanctify us. That means to make us holy, set us apart for holy use, and to cleanse us. That means to literally wash away our dirt. And he does it by his word. And so the claim is is that as we read his word, these ancient manuscripts, as we read them, these words perform a cleansing action in our lives. This is another testing claim of these ancient manuscripts, something else for us to experiment with in our faith experiment. You see, the claim is as you spend time reading these words, it is supposed to cleanse you. I'd love to hear from you if you've experienced this, if you've experimented with this, if you've spent time in the Word, has it in fact cleansed you? I'd love to hear your outcomes. You can text me o four triple eight four five three double one. Now, here's the key that Paul was really getting to. It's in the next part of the verse. Under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, Paul says this. He says, Jesus has done all of this. He's set us apart. He's washed us so that he will have a glorious church. That's you and me. We make up the church of Christ. It's people. It's not buildings. It's not denominations. It's people, the people who have called on the name of Jesus. That's the church. Now, Paul continues. He says that we, this church, we have, listen carefully, no spot and no wrinkle. That's two things. In giving us this abundant new life, which is more superior in quantity and in quality, Jesus is going to have people, you and me, who have no spot and no wrinkle. Now, how does Jesus remove our spots? Because we know we can't remove our spots. There's actually a verse in the book of Jeremiah in chapter 13, which says, can a leopard change its spots? And the answer is obviously no. And the implication is that neither can we change our spots. So obviously, Jesus is going to have to remove our spots because we can't. So how does he do that? How does he remove our spots? Well, in the book of Revelation, in chapter 1, and verse 5, we're told that Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead, the prince of kings of the earth, unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. So, you see, according to Revelation, Jesus washes us and removes from us sin with his own blood. So because of what Jesus has done in giving his life to pay the price to the law for your sin, he has managed to remove your spots of sin, your stains in your character. He's cleansed them, he's removed them, and he has cleaned us up. And so that explains the first part of the verse that Paul wrote. He has a church that has no spot. They've actually allowed Jesus to wash away their sins through his death. And now, guess what? We're clean. They're clean. You see, we're all like that leper in that story in Matthew chapter 8 who came to Jesus. He was covered in spots. Literally, he had leprosy. He was covered in spots. And he knows he's going to die because of these spots. He has no hope. There's no cure to leprosy. And once you're diagnosed from leprosy, you're an outcast. Your family didn't want to know. you. Your friends left you. You were banished from the community. You were quite literally left outside the city walls to rot with the other lepers who were also covered in spots. Now, this leper, we don't know his name, but we'll call him Robbie. We can call him David. We can call him Janice, Tracy, Patricia, James. We can call him whatever you want to call him because in the end of the day, the leper is you. It's me. Because, you see, we're all the outcasts and we're infected with a deadly virus sin and this virus leaves us with spots it leaves us with wounds it leaves us with hurting it leaves us with sorrow it leaves us alone and you know most of the world today is afraid of COVID-19 we're washing our hands a couple of times a day we're socially distancing for fear of contamination we're wearing masks so we don't breathe in your germs and we stay locked down and locked away because we're afraid of this virus can you imagine If we acted the same way about sin, I mean, think about what the world would be like if we treated sin the way we treat COVID-19. But anyway, back to the story. So the leper, he shows up there in Matthew chapter eight and he says, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. You can take away my spots. That's what he needs, because if the spots are gone, the priest can declare him negative to leprosy and he can go back to his home, back to his friends and back to his family. He needs the spots removed. He needs them gone. He needs them changed. And so Jesus answers him there in Matthew chapter 8, verse 3. It says, Jesus put out his hand and touched him, saying, I'm willing to be cleansed. And immediately the leprosy was cleansed. So Jesus is willing to remove the spots, which is the evidence of the virus. He removes them. And did you notice what he says? He says, I'm willing. Now, let me tell you something. If you've ever wondered if Jesus cares, if Jesus wants to help you, if Jesus wants to help remove your spots, then go open your Bible, go to Matthew chapter eight and read verse three, underline verse three, memorize verse three. He is willing to cleanse you. And remember on the last episode, I told you that the longing desire of God's heart is to be Emmanuel. God with us. And remember how I share with you that sin separates us from God? It causes us to move from God? Well, I've got great news for you. Jesus wants to remove your spots. He wants to remove your sin. He wants to remove the very thing that separates us from Him. And so Jesus says He came to give us a more abundant life, one that's superior in quantity and in quality. And the first thing He does in giving us this life is to remove our spots, and to present us spotless. Now, that's something worth testing out. Put Jesus' hypothesis to the test right here in your faith experiment. Well, it's time to take a short break now, but when we come back, we're going to look at the next step that Jesus takes in giving us this new abundant life. And coming up is the code word for today's great free giveaway, so make sure you stick around.
0: The Faith Experiment is made possible because of people like you. If you enjoy what we are doing, please consider supporting us by making a donation on our website at faithfm.com.au slash donate. If
3: you've been walking the same old road for miles and miles If you've been hearing the same old voice tell the same old lies If you're trying to think It's a better life It's a better life If you got pain He's a pain taker If you feel lost He's a way maker If you need freedom say saving He's a prison shaking Savior If you got chains He's a chain breaker. We've all searched for the light of day in the dead of night. We've all found ourselves worn out from the same old fight. We've all run to things we know just ain't right. When there's a better life, there's a better life. If you got pain, he's a pain taker. If you feel lost, then he's a way maker. If you need freedom, a savior, he's a prison shaking savior. If you got chase, he's a chain breaker. If you receive it, if you can feel it, somebody testify. If you got pain, he's a pain taker. If you feel lost, he's a way maker. If you need freedom, stay there. He's a prison shaking savior. If you got chase. He's a chain breaker. Oh, if you need freedom, a savior. He's a prison shaking savior. If you got chains, he's a chain breaker.
0: You're listening to The Faith Experiment with Robbie Bergen, right across Australia, right here on Faith FM.
1: Welcome back to The Faith Experiment. I'm your host, Robbie Bergen, and that was Chainbreaker by Zach Williams. This is episode 40 of The Faith Experiment, and I'm calling this episode a controlled burn. And coming up is the cover for today's free offer, so make sure you stick around. On today's show, I'm exploring this abundant life that Jesus claims He came to give us a life that is more superior in quantity and in quality. And before the break, we looked at how Jesus changes our life into this abundant life. We saw that Paul, in his Greek New Testament letter of Ephesians, explains that there are two steps or processes in this abundant life. The first is to remove our spots. These are our sins, our past, our rebellion, our deeds. He removes them, and he does it by washing us from our spots or our sins through the shedding of his own blood. He gave his life so you don't have to lose yours. I mean, let that sink in for a minute here. Here is a sinless, guiltless man who looks at you, who looks at me with our spots, our stains, which we got because we've lied, we've abused, we've cursed, we've hurt, we've bruised, we've stolen, we've killed. He he looks at us, we who are condemned to eternal death, and rightly so. And he says, no, 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 not them, not them. Take me, take me, let them live. I mean, that's the picture that these ancient manuscripts teach. Now, this is where the story gets fascinating. It actually gets quite intriguing. You see, Jesus, he doesn't just give his life so that we can have our spots removed. As great as that is, as important as that is, he doesn't want to leave us just as forgiven sinners. There's more. There's actually a lot more. You see, Paul, he goes on to tell us that Jesus gave his life to remove our spots and our wrinkles. You see, Jesus wants to remove our wrinkles. I can hear you. I can hear you asking, uh, what on earth are you talking about, Robbie? Jesus wants to remove my wrinkles. (laughs) Well, I'm really glad you've asked. Let me tell you a story. When I was a kid, about seven years old, I think I was. I I lived on a small farm in Queensland. We had a small house on the farm. We had horses, we had goats, we had chickens, we had dogs, cats, the whole lot. We had a lot of things. But there's one thing we didn't have. We didn't have electricity. We had a wood stove for cooking and for hot water. We had kerosene lanterns for light. We had a gas fridge and we had a small generator for special occasions if we were going to watch the news. Now, when you don't have electricity you have a lot of manual tools and contraptions. And even though we didn't have electricity, we still had dirty clothes. And my parents had this hand-washing machine kind of thing. It was kind of like a drum that you'd throw your clothes in. There was a big old handle on the side of it that was especially made for seven-year-old boys. (laughs) And... It was designed to be turned and turned and turned and turned. And the turning action would create the agitation, which caused the drum to resemble a regular washing machine. Who needs electricity when you have a seven year old son, right? So that was one of my jobs to help mum actually do the washing, not like my six year old son who always has to do is to help my wife by carrying the basket for her. So anyway, why am I telling this story? Well, you see, the washing machine, this agitation was to get the dirt out of our clothes. It was to get the spots out. And once the washing was finished, I'd have to take each piece of clothing and put it literally through a wringer. There was two drums that had another handle on it. You'd feed the clothing through, you'd wind it, and the two drums would press out all of the excess water. It would wring the water out. And then you'd hang it up on the clothes line and wait for it to dry, which never took too long in Queensland because there is always sun and there's always heat there. Now, after the clothes were dry, it was my job to take them off the line. I was a pretty good boy at seven. Just, you know, just so you know, pat myself on the back here. I would take the clothes off the line and I'd put them in the clothes basket and bring them in and I would always try and sneak in with the basket and try and put the clothes into the cupboards. But do you think my mum would let me do that? Not a chance. Even though I would argue my case that, Mum, all the clothes are clean. Why can't I put them in the cupboard? Mum would always say, Yes, they're clean, but they're wrinkled. And you see, all these years later, when I read this passage, I can still hear my mum's voice saying, They're clean, but they're wrinkled. And you know... What's coming next? Well, at least I hope you know what's coming next. How do you remove wrinkles? Let's say you have your nice clean white shirt on the line. All the spots are gone. The dirt is gone. The stains are gone. It's clean. It smells fresh, but it's got wrinkles. How do you remove the wrinkles? You need heat. You need heat to get the wrinkles out. You need the heat of an iron to press down hard on those wrinkles and to push them out. Now, remember Paul told us in Ephesians chapter 5 that Jesus himself gave himself so he could remove our spots. That was the washing machine experience. But after that, he wants to remove our wrinkles. Now, the only thing I know that can remove wrinkles is heat. You need heat to remove your wrinkles. We need heat to remove our wrinkles. Now, back on the farm, as I already mentioned, we didn't have electricity, right? So how do you iron clothes without electricity? Well, the answer is fire. First, you need to start a fire in the wood stove. You've got to get it hot, real hot. And then you take out your cast iron ironing set, which is made up of three irons. They look just like a regular iron, but they're made of cast iron. It's a big hunk of steel with a handle on top. And you sit them right there on top of the wood stove and you let them get real hot and then you take your clothes your nice clean clothes out of the basket you lay them on the ironing board nice and flat and then you have to know which iron to pick up depending on how hot they are and what kind of material you're trying to iron and then you have to have total control of the burn you see if the heat's too high you will damage the garment if it's too low you won't make any difference to the wrinkle. And this is exactly the picture that Jesus is giving us regarding the second stage of this abundant life. He's removed the spots by washing us in the blood of his sacrifice. And now he wants to remove our wrinkles through a series of of controlled burns. This is the ironing process for fitting us up to live this abundant life. You see, these spots Jesus removes is our past, it's our sins, it's our deeds, it's our wrongs. But even after you're forgiven and made clean, you still have wrinkles in your garment. And the garment in these ancient manuscripts is symbolic of our character. You see, a forgiven sinner still has wrinkles in their character. They still have tendencies in their character they still have weaknesses in their character to go right back to their old selfish ways and so jesus doesn't just stand by and say you're forgiven oh but i'm not going to help you live the new life no he says you're forgiven now come to me and let me iron out those wrinkles in your character let me remove your weaknesses but you know what we say no, I'm, I'm good, Jesus. Uh, I just want my spots removed. But I like my wrinkles because, you know, after all, I'm a very special kind of person. I've got special silk. And I'm afraid that your process to remove wrinkles will damage my garment. <laughs> but Jesus turns back to us and says, but don't you trust me? I've got my hand on the thermostat. I know how much you can bear. Please let me remove spot and wrinkle." Well, it's time to take a short break now. But when we come back, I want to look at what this heat is that God uses to iron out our wrinkles. And coming up is the co-word for today's great free giveaway. I'll be right back after this with The Faith Experiment.
0: If you have enjoyed this episode of The Faith Experiment, please help us get the word out by sharing our podcast with your friends and family. And don't forget to like us on Facebook.
4: sorrows I've had questions for tomorrow there've been times I didn't know right from wrong but in every situation God gave me blessed consolation and he only gave me trials to make me strong. Through it
5: all, through it all, I've learned to trust in Jesus. I've learned to trust in God.
4: Valleys, And I thank Him for the storms He's brought me through. For if I'd never had a problem, how would I know my God could solve them? How would I know what faith in my God could do? I'm singing through it
5: all, through it all, I've learned to trust in Jesus, I've learned to trust in God.
0: The Faith Experiment with Robbie Bergen Right here on Faith FM
1: Welcome back to The Faith Experiment I'm your host Robbie Bergen And that was Through It All By the Living Stones Quartet This is episode 40 of The Faith Experiment And I'm calling this episode a controlled burn And coming up shortly is the code word For today's great free giveaway So make sure your phone is handy And you have today's number written in 04888 453 On today's episode, we are talking about controlled burns. And before the break, I share with you how that Jesus desires to give us a life that is more abundant. And I share with you how that this abundant life in the Greek literally means one that is superior in quantity and in quality. And we've seen that the way that this life change takes place from the life that we have now into this abundant life is through two steps or two stages. The Apostle Paul tells us that Jesus first removes our spots, By paying the price for our past, our sins, our bad deeds, our selfishness, and that's the cleansing or the washing. But the next state or step is to remove our wrinkles. Now, the only way to remove wrinkles is with heat, the heat of an iron. And this is where the controlled burn comes into the process. You see... If you've ever used an iron, you need to control the heat. The heat level must match the type of material that you are trying to remove wrinkles from. And this is exactly what God does to remove our wrinkles, which is the defects of our characters. So what is the heat that God uses? Well, I want to take you to a little letter, a Greek New Testament letter called James. And in this book, James tells us in chapter 1, verse 2, he says this. He says, My brothers... Count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Now, you know, when I first read this verse, I was probably about 23, and I thought, what? Why would I ever want to be happy when I face a trial? I mean, trials suck. They they suck the joy out of life. They suck the peace out of life. They suck the patience out of life. They just suck in general. Why would the Bible be telling me or commanding me to count the joy when I face the trial? Well, if you let the the Bible speak, the next verse starts to explain this idea. It says, Knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. You see, facing a trial tests your faith, and testing your faith creates something. It creates or produces patience. Now, James continues, and he says this. He says, Let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. So get this. We need the defects of our characters removed. These are the wrinkles. Remember, we're clean. Our spot's been removed, but we have defects, the wrinkles. And what the Bible is suggesting here is that for our characters to be complete or wrinkle-free, we need patience. That's the key. That's the secret to removing the wrinkles or having no wrinkles is having patience. If you have patience, there's no wrinkle. If you don't have patience, you have wrinkles in the character. But there's a problem. Because the only way you get patience is by having your faith tested. And the only way your faith is tested, get this, is by facing trials. So in reality, every trial is actually like some kind of fertilizer for your faith. Because it grows patience, which completes your character and removes the wrinkles. So what's the heat God uses to iron out our wrinkles? The heat is our trials. You see, faith is believing God will do something, but patience is waiting to see God do something. And this is the key to living the superior life, the abundant life. See, many people enjoy faith for a season. They think the experiment's quite fun at the start. They enjoy the idea of their spots being removed. But when it comes to the first controlled burn, the first trial, when it comes, most people, they run. They run fast. They run far from God. But that's because most of us don't understand that these trials only come to make us stronger. And most of us think that there is no way I can handle this situation, this problem, this trial. God, why are you letting this happen to me? And we beg God to take the trials and problems and situations away from us. And this is why I love this verse from Paul in his letter to the faith experimenters at the church in Corinth. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13, this is what Paul says. He says, There is no temptation or trial that has taken you, but such as is common to all men. But God is faithful who will not suffer you to be tempted above what you are able to bear but well with the temptation also make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it do you know what this is do you know what this verse is talking about it's talking about the controlled burn You see, God has promised that as you face trials and temptations and problems and disappointments, whatever it is, God will not allow you to be tempted above what you're able to bear. That means that God has his hands on the thermostat. He's controlling the temperature of the iron. He's controlling the heat, and it will never be hotter than you can handle. Now, does God tempt you? No, there's only one tempter. But God only allows temptations that he knows you can bear. And I know you're asking, why? Why would God allow any temptation to come to me? Doesn't he love me? Why doesn't he take all my problems away? Well, I have one word for you, and it's not a pretty word, but here it is, manure. Doesn't it just sound horrible, that word? Manure. God allows manure. That's the trials. That's the problems. That's the temptations. He allows manure, that stinky, disgusting stuff to come your way, but only enough that you can handle. Not too much, just enough. Why? Why, Robbie, I can hear you saying, why manure? Well, when I was a kid back on the farm, we had an orchard. And, you know, at least twice a year, I had to help my dad take a trailer load of cow manure. I had to get my shovel and my bucket. And I had to carry that stinking, moist, hot, foul substance. And I had to put it around the roots of every fruit tree in the orchard. And I tell you what, it was a horrible job. The smell, the flies. And I swear, it was like you could taste the stuff in your mouth. It, was, it would stain your fingers, your hands. You'd get it on your clothes. It was just horrible. But, you know, I always felt sorry for the trees, after that manure was placed around all the trees, I got to go back to the house have a bath. And you know what? I would not go back to the orchard for at least a week until that smell was gone. But those poor fruit trees, they had to stand there day and night with that stinking manure around their trunk. They couldn't get up. They couldn't run away. They just had to wait. And they had to wait. And they had to wait, had to wait until that disgusting manure, till it broke down and produced the most amazing fertilizer and slowly after some time the trees leaves would turn this amazing green they developed new growth and it was like the trees had a new life a an abundant life a superior life you see those trees needed to endure the trial of stink until at last the very thing that was so horrible for them to face ended up being the very thing That gave them the new life, the superior life in quantity and in quality. And this is exactly where we find ourselves. We're forgiven. Our spots have been removed, but we still have these defects in our characters. We still have the wrinkles. And God wants to give us his abundant life, his superior life. And so he needs to turn up the heat to get rid of these wrinkles. And so he allows the trials to come. And guess what? They stink. We don't want them at our feet. We don't like what they look like. We don't like how they feel. We don't like how they smell. We don't like how they taste. And so we pray, please, please, please take it away. But then reminds us, Robbie, I won't let you face something that is beyond your limit. Trust me, because in a little while, as you wait, you will find that patience is produced in your life. And this is the fertilizer you need to become complete. That's what you need to truly live this new life that I've come to give you. It feels hard, I know. It feels like it will never end, I know. But trust me, you will love the other side of this trial. And, you know, this reminds me of the story of Job. He had signed up to the faith experiment. He was a follower of God. And one day out of nowhere, the heat began. He had business losses, financial losses, real estate losses. He had deaths in the family. The heat was set high. And Job felt overwhelmed by it all. But even in that time of sitting around going, why is this all happening to me? He makes this declaration. He says, though my Redeemer slay me, yet will I trust him. You see, Job's faith was tried and tested. And after a season, patience was produced. And he was found complete. And, you know, in the end of Job's story, the trials produce such amazing fertilizer that in the end of the story, in the book of Job, we're told that the end of the story was more abundant than the start. Now, I don't know where you are in your faith experiment today, what trials you're facing, but I want you to know this. Whatever you are facing, God has his hand on the thermostat. He's not going to allow a trial Bigger than you can bear. It may feel like it's bigger than you can bear, but that's where you have to believe. You have to exercise your faith in this experiment. It may seem there is no way out, but we've already been told in this faith experiment that the way out is guaranteed. But you have to wait because patience needs to be developed. And I guarantee you, from my own experience in this faith experiment, That if you endure through whatever trial you're facing right now, you will look back on the other side of it and go, Wow, the fertilizer has had a profound effect in my now abundant life. You know, I want to encourage you as you face these trials in your life today, whatever they are. And I want you to pick up your phone and text this code word, hash help. That's the hash symbol followed by the word help. 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 That's it. Text it to the faith experiment number eight453 double one because I want to send you an encouraging text. So text hash H-E-L-P to 0488845311. And I want you to know that even though there is a burn happening in your life right now, it's a controlled burn. as I mentioned at the top of the show, I have this great book called Your Future is Safe with God. This book makes sense of what's happening in the world around us. You need to get this book. It shows you how a divine hand is on the wheel and God will safely bring us through whatever we face. You can get today's free offer by texting the code word hash, that's the hash symbol or the pound key, F E for faith experiment, and four zero for episode 40. All one word, no spaces, hash F E four zero. Text that to 0488845311 and the Faith FM giveaway bot will reply asking for some details and we will get that book out to you as soon as possible. That's the code word, hash FE40 to 0488845311. Now it's time for this week's Inbox, where I browse through the Faith Experiment Inbox and share the comments and feedbacks and questions I've received. Here's one from Pam, who says, Hi Robbie, I heard a podcast recently, which I think you did, titled A Chinese Sage and a Holy Man. It was absolutely fascinating. Thanks so much, Pam. Yes, that was me. It was a a series of talks that I've given on the subject. I used to live in Asia, and I spent a lot of time studying Chinese religion and the connections between what we call the Hebrew Bible and the Chinese classical text. In fact, if you go to my YouTube channel, Robbie Bergen, uh, you'll find a whole section called The Ancestors and it's a series of little micro-documentaries that I've been putting together on this very topic over the years. So go check it out. Thanks very much, Pam, for the comment. Here's a text from Jess who says, Hey, Robbie, very much enjoying listening to The Faith Experiment, also for your free study aids, as well as how you make Bible prophecy easier to understand. Bless you, brother, Jess. Thanks, Jess, for that feedback. That is awesome. Yeah, that's the whole goal of The Faith Experiment, to make it enjoyable, give away free stuff, and to help make the Bible simpler to understand. And so, thank you very much. Awesome. Here's one from Annette who says, God bless you, Robbie. Just wanted to say thanks. Thanks, Annette. Really appreciate you listening in. Here's a text from Jan who says, Thanks, Robbie. You have encouraged me to read the Bible more and have a better understanding. Awesome. Thanks so much, Jan. Thanks for sharing that feedback. It really does encourage me to continue on with the... uh Podcast. Here's one from James who says, Yay, thank you, Robbie. I really love the show. Bless you, brother, with some sort of emoji con on up and all that stuff. But thank you very much, James. Appreciate the uh, feedback. Here's one from Ruben who says, Hi, Robbie. Love your podcast and relevant topics. Listening from Coffs Harbor and have had to stop the car listening to you so I don't lose reception at that point because I want to hear what comes next. Give up the great work you're doing. Regards, Ruben. Hey, thanks, Ruben. You know what? I used to live in Coffs Harbor. Love that area. And uh, sorry I had to make you pull over a car Um, If you do miss anything You can get the Faith FM app Or go to a podcasting platform And look for the Faith Experiment And you'll be able to not miss a thing Here's a text from Nada who says You have the absolute best show on the whole program I try not to miss it as I have learnt so much from you Keep up the good work, regards Nada Wow, thank you Nada That is, yeah, that's humbling we got some awesome programs on Faith FM, and I'm just glad to be a part of the, the lineup here. So thank you, Nada. And here's a text from Arthur who says, Thank you, Robbie. A big thank you for your love of working for our Lord. You and all the people at Faith FM, the Lord has given me a new lease on life, and I go to bed every morning listening to Faith FM. Thank you. Thank you, Arthur, for those wonderfully kind words. And God bless you as you take advantage of this new lease on life. And here's one from Hayden. Hayden says, I am liking listening to your station. Well, Hayden, I'm liking having you listen to the station, so that's awesome. Well, thank you, everyone, for your feedback. I really do appreciate it. You can text me anytime your comments or feedback on 488 We or you can email me on robbie at faithfm.com.au. I really do love hearing your thoughts and comments. Well, that's all for now. I'll catch you next week at the same time right here on Faith FM for the next episode of The Faith Experiment. I will see you then.
0: You have been listening to The Faith Experiment with Robbie Bergen. Connect with us via text message on 04888 453 That's 04888 453 Or send an email to Robbie at faithfm.com.au and let us know what you thought of this episode.